Good evening, good evening. Let's get right into the KG Fifth Ward Wildcat and Doc podcast. Fellas, how are you? Doing all right today. Doing well, doing well. Texas Southern got a win. Prairie yes, got they did. a win. Yes, they did. Shootout fashion, but hey, you one of the defensive struggle, the other shootout fashion. Well, let's put it again like this, Doc. Both of them was off campus. One on the one on the road road, and the other was just down the road. That's right. <laughs> but I tell you what, though, it was good to see that this weekend. Both of them getting getting wins and all. Now they're back in the win column. Texas Southern looked like they they, they turned the corner somewhat. <laughs> you know, it's, they go to Pine Bluff. That's a interesting trip, as they say. Very true. I think when you talk about Pine Bluff, that's the team that they really wanted some payback last year. That's the team that essentially started the slide. Right. It was on homecoming. Yep. Two big bomb plays, one after the other, two yep. consecutive series, and really seemed to do the the, 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 uh, the out of the bloom for for, for right. this year. You know, dovetail sinking in the wind, if you would, after last season, giving six straight losses. Right. At the end of the season, then they came back and lost the Labor Day Classic. They got a win against Bacone, so they stopped the losing streak, but they had lost all those SWAC games. Right. So they were lo- really looking forward to getting a SWAC win. More importantly for this season, it puts them back at least in striking distance into the race. They're 1-1 one one on the season now, so kudos to Coach Asbury to get it done. Uh, it was a near miss, if you would, a defensive struggle. Uh, Pine Bluff played some very good football. You remember two weeks ago, People were kind of looking strange because they couldn't score against South Carolina State on Sunday opening the season where they really just got beat up pretty physically, manhandled, if you would. That went on the following week. They did get a win at it as they went to triple overtime against Morehouse uh, where they didn't score until late in the fourth quarter. Morehouse answered the score, which sent it to overtime and actually went to three overtimes where you know the college rule where you went – where you go for the two-point conversion versus the extra point as required. Pine Bluff got theirs. Morehouse didn't, uh, which allowed Pine Bluff to get their win. So they were celebrating the win. Both teams had a win playing down the division. So now they get back in the conference race, ready to get going. Everybody wants to get off on a good foot. uh, Texas Southern wants to rebound. They got it done. Probably the big player of the game, late in the contest, Texas Southern has a 24-20 to 20, uh, lead that they're trying to hold on to. They stop Pine Bluff from driving, are prepared to receive the punt. The guy fumbles the punt on about four or five-yard line, gives the ball to Pine Bluff. Looks like Pine Bluff's in a golden position. Now I'm talking about the golden line. Oh, yeah. Golden position to score, right? Oh, yes. First play. Yes. Run up the gut to the two-yard line. Ball falls out. Perfect for the Tigers. They pounce on it, land on it like the Tigers do, and essentially are able to play defensively, kick them out of trouble, and um, win the game 24-20. to So it's a big win for the Texas Southern Tigers. As you said, right off campus as Prairie View is doing construction, latest on the construction, you can see the pillars oh. for the visitor side. So the stadium is <laughs> starting to take shape. So a lot of people are excited about that, as you can imagine. I can imagine. I can imagine. First time to come down there. But tough news is for the Prairie View Panthers that have gotten used to tailgating now, really got excited about it. Yeah. No tailgating at Wilder ISD uh, for the game. So (laughs) a lot of people were concerned about that. Really took the spoils out of a lot of people. But they showed up. Right. And were loud and were very needed in that contest. Uh, A&M jumped out on the scoring. uh, Go up 7-0. Prairie View answers. 
Then A&M comes back and answers. So it's 14-7. Nick Petrie, you'll see him as a big man head. Um, helping stick a winner this week as he had three touchdowns, 194 yards, 96 yards in the contest. Really just had an extending game. Um, his career high of the season with eight catches and yards and touchdowns as he was a big part of it. Really, you need to talk about the triplets, as I was calling them. Green, Trey Green, the quarterback, had mm-hmm. over 400 yards passing. Then you had 100-plus yards for Courtney Brown. got in action with three touchdowns. As I talked about Green, he had four. So you can tell all these touchdowns are piling up. Yep. Yes, this was a 53-49 to 49 shootout. Won't go through all the scoring. You'll take up the rest of the show, as you imagine. But let's go to the end of the game where it gets interesting when you think Prairie View has a chance to pull away. Um, they had a four, 12-point lead as the kicker had missed Two extra points, one block and one off to the right. End up missing three for the game, as you would have it. And so instead of scoring 56 with the seven touchdowns, 53. Actually, late in the game, Alabama A&M on a when Prairie View looks to score to take back, take the lead back to 12. Mm-hmm. Actually, throws an interception in the end zone. A&M takes. The interception and ends up traveling down the field on a big play and scores and goes up with the two-point conversion, 43-40 to 40 at the time, if you would. Prairie View, instead of panicking like they may have done in the past, they go back down, get the score, stop uh, Alabama A&M, and actually force a turnover as they go up again, 53. You think the game is over. There's just a couple of minutes on the clock. Alabama A&M finds a way to score on a big ball play. It makes it interesting as they're kicking the onside kick. Prairie View covers. The game is over. They win it 53-49. The big game of the week in terms of HBCU football was Jackson State traveling to Southern. Boy, you talking about an old-time rivalry. I'm calling it the HBCU rivalry. These two teams win multiple championships. They do it in multiple sports. They have a rabid fan base. They really don't like each other in regards to what they're doing. And uh, they show it on the field in terms of talking about each other. But this time it was all Jaguars. Boy, did they just beat up on uh, Southern, I mean on Jackson State. One thing that people were really excited about this game was the fact that it was a sellout two days before the game. It was a sellout on Thursday. You don't always get to hear that in terms of HBCU football, for that matter, at the FCS level, to be honest, outside of many of the what we refer to now as the Big Five. You don't necessarily get sellouts, particularly that early in the week. And I'm talking about you, you don't a get hard the, sellout. You don't get sellouts like that in, in local team participation sports here. And I happen to be Brown, even at the professional level, as you allude to, for versus teams. Uh, <laughs> so great point as you see that. But yes, it was a sellout, and I'm talking about a hard sellout. The stadium seats twenty eight thousand. Actual whatever. butt in the seats. It was thirty thousand people. If you get a chance to see some pictures, I'll tweet some out there later. Uh, you can go to the site. And we'll try to get you some pictures out there. But it was a beautiful sight. 30,000-plus people in the stands. It was packed. Rabbit fans tailgating everywhere like they do it in Louisiana. I was this close to making that game, but I said no. I sent Carlo, I mean Charles down there, my cohort, in terms of the show. I stayed at Prairie View to cover that. That way we got to cover both games. But I was this close to sneaking down there, riding with him, but just decided, no, it's not the right thing to do. Let's give our fans everything they can handle for the show tomorrow. KCH Radio, 
1230. That's 6 to 7 now. 6 to 7 is our new time as we started this season. Really excited about the move. Drive time, pride time. Can't beat that. Um, so that's Dr. Cavill's Inside the HBCU Sports Lab for those that hadn't heard it uh, about that or just a reminder. Go ahead and continue to do that. But to get back to the action, uh, Southern dominated Jackson State 50-31, to 31, and it really wasn't that close. Jackson State scored late in the game to try to put it in reason. Austin Howard was 21-32 of 32 for 395. He was named SWAC Offensive Player of the Week. He really deserved that as he got it done. Boy, you talking about uh, just demolishing the hearts of Jackson State. They have all kinds of fodder going on the Twitter, social media platforms, uh, HBCU sports websites. I'm getting posts where they talk about they have a picture of uh, uh, um, Sanford as he, you know, his old pictures out of the old man used to look behind the door. They got him in there in the caption at the bottom talking about Jackson, which is the name, Harold Jackson, the name of Jackson State's coach talking about uh, him sneaking into the office having that look. It was just hilarious the way these guys do it on there. But that'll pretty much do it for the HBCU uh, sports report. I'll give you an indication on the top three teams. Uh, you'll be able to see the rest of them released tomorrow. In regards to that, top three teams are South Carolina State at number three. They moved from five to three this week. Staying at number two is North Carolina A&T, the Aggies, and staying at number one are the Alcorn State Braves. The top matchup of the week preview game, if you would, is just up the road in Dallas, Texas at the State Fair Classic, if you would. That is between number 10, according to my polls, Grambling State Tigers facing number five Prairie View A&M. Grambling State had a defensive win. They put up 30-plus points beating Alabama State this week, so they're coming off a win. This is after um, they were at home losing to Bethune-Cookman in terms of a tough match. That was a uh, all-full-out shootout, if you would. Teams putting up 53 points uh, as they lost that game. So it'll be interesting to see. Will this be a shootout like everybody's thinking? But the last time that happened, it ended up being to a de defensive struggle, as we just talked about Prairie View. So that game will kick off this week's State Fair Classic as Grambling State beat Alabama State 34-10. One thing I do want to throw in there is Bethune-Cookman. They were part of that shootout against Grambling when they put up 50 points. <clears throat> they just beat Lane College 10-3 to this past weekend. So it's amazing how things can turn around. And as you said, it's just the College of Football. Alcorn State 55-14. to Give you some update there of what's going on in the SWAC. As we look at that in the MEAC, you had a big game. In regards to some conference affair, Hampton and Howard. Hampton is the team I told everybody to watch at the beginning of the season. They have a quarterback called Watford, David Watford. Uh, he's the real deal. Two touchdowns, uh, rushing three in the air as he got it done, defeating Howard. The battle of the real HU, 37-19, to give you an update of what's going on there. That's an interesting one in terms of kicking up. A correction on that score is Bethune-Cookman 7, lane 3. It was low scoring. I gave Bethune-Cookman three extra points that they obviously did not deserve <laughs> in their contest. Sometimes that happens, Doc. Yeah, big non-conference win for the MEAC was North Carolina. A&T, the Aggies, 14-7 over Elon. Uh, so they got a non-conference win at the FCS level to give you some upset scores there. One that was a hurt on the opposite direction for the MEAC was Division II Shawan, who was out of the CIAA. They are a non-HBC program. 
the only non-HBCU program playing in a conference full of HBCUs. They showed out for the CIAA. They got a win over Delaware State out of the MEAC, 31-30. I wondered if you saw that. I saw that on Twitter. Yeah, I thought that was interesting. I was puzzled, shaking my head on that one. Shawan looks like they might be the real deal in the CIAA. And they are down in the northern division, I mean the southern division of the CIAA, when it looks like all the power is in the northern division with teams like Virginia State, Virginia Union, and Bowie State getting big-time non-conference wins. Even Lincoln has snuck out of there and got some wins. So looks all the weight is in the northern division, and Shawan may be able to get it done. So we'll keep your eyes on that and keep you updated on what's going on there. But those are pretty much, as I said, the big games of the week to look at. And quickly in terms of the mid-major degree top ten teams are starting at number three, Elizabeth City State Vikings as well as number two, Livingston Blue Bears, Tuskegee Golden Tigers continue to do it. They beat up on Winston-Salem State, the darling favorite who they've been fighting for the number one team over the last two or three years. Winston-Salem State, surprising a lot of people, are 0-3 on the season. And so they are struggling mildly, just to give you an update on that. A team that people want to keep their eyes on, interesting when we get to that Morehouse Tuskegee Classic, over 90-plus years in that t- Classic. I told you how Morehouse really took it to Arkansas Pine Bluff. They're two and one on the season, um, and and they'll be interesting as you start watching them get into conference action. So that's a team to keep your eye on in terms of the mid-major team. And I think that'll do it for the HBCU report. God, appreciate that. I really do, because I tell you, for the two local teams here in town to be winning on the same weekend. It makes it for an interesting season in the swag. Who are you? I am the Fifth Ward Wildcat. You can find me online uh, at AKSV, the CSR, the College Sports Report, Blogger, SoundCloud. Tweet can, that. Go ahead, Dan. We got, can we get into this Brett Billum and Cliff Kingsbury? Uh, you know what? I'm gonna, that's, that's one of my topics. That, we that, got that, to get it. I know cause the they, cause Doc, I was understood he uh, he put on a suit and, and all uh, for a post game or showed a press conference or whatever for a with suit and a little flower. You know, <laughs> yeah. he was excited about his win. He considering what uh, but the noise that everyone wants to hear about is the talk that Brett Villeneuve went down there to Texas obviously uh, that's why he can't find the players down here either what he said he, he almost like somebody he, else got run off now you can't run you don't have a fullback we'll beat you he put some choice words in there he said if you oh, throw yeah. the ball 50 times we'll beat you so I think uh, Cliff Kingsbury was a little upset now if they won in the word that yeah, I mean, use was ass. You get your ass kicked. He said, this guy just got his ass kicked. Well, it's not finished. Brett Billerman said, well, being in this game for 10 years, I'm not worried about a coach that's been around for a couple of years and they're at 500. That is true. Because <laughs> his, his butt right now, he needed that bad. Because his butt is on a, on a hot seat. They going back and forth. Well, I think Brett but needs to be a little charred as well because I don't think the uh, hogs in Arkansas are too happy about what's going on. Uh, but let me get back to my point. Both of these conferences are still irrelevant in my eyes. You got Oklahoma beating Tennessee and they want to stick the chest out. Big 12 getting a win over the SEC, but they're just going back and forth. None of them really has stepped a out and made SEC a difference. Team. And so just no. mediocre, mediocre, mediocrity at its best. Gentlemen. Yes, Gentlemen, sir. Uh-huh. 
Quote, this one hurts. An extra point is automatic. I didn't even look. Then I saw one of their players running down the field and said, oh, my God. End quote. <laughs> Charlie Strong. Charlie Strong. His immediate, his, his immediate response to the missed field goal. Missed extra point. Extra point. I'm sorry. After the team fights back. 21. 20 points, I should say, not 21 because the. That would have tied it if it's 21. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, that would have, Doc. That, that would have changed it. That would have changed the things quick. There were all the Longhorn <laughs> haters out there. They loved it. But I thought it was just funny seeing the fans. But you get know all what? Excited. That's who they are they think now. They found a quarterback that ready to go, and I think indeed they had uh, uh, yeah. excitement. Yeah, he had a great game. Well, the, the other thing but is too, the he, he understands the you. All right, we've taken the next step. We're going to overtime. We're gonna get us a big time win against California. We we we're back on the map. Everybody is shaking the quarterback's hand. California head are down. You even have quotes for the California quarterback after talking about what the. Yeah, he couldn't even believe it. <laughs> what just happened? Mm. And he did say happened. He said a curse word on TV, but obviously you were reading the lips. Oh, that yeah. was just how shocked they were. I was just outdone. I was like, wow. You know, not- as they say, it happens. It, and that happens. It did. That happened. It did. Uh, the other thing. Uh, so the Longhorns are not one and two. Yeah. So we had a question posed to us on our Facebook page. As to page reference to what? Fifth Wood Walker. Well, what, what do they want to know? Facebook page is Charlie Strong. How much time does Charlie Strong have? He's got the season. Is that it? From from what information that I've been relayed to, that I've been that's been relayed to me. So you're saying that I'm gonna tell you the person I'm asked this, about that. The, per, the person predicted a four and eight record for the Longhorns this season. So if they go four and eight, Charlie Strong is gone. In your opinion, based on your sources. Yeah, they, they they to be honest with you, I was told a bowl game will save them until they get the quarterback, the recruit, or the quarterback recruit that's coming in on campus. Right. My sources are saying a little different that um, the worry was really about the AD Patterson. Oh, a lot it, of people like I, strong. We did a little more. Yeah, okay, because. But I want to finish up on Strong. Go ahead. There's a little more support for Strong. They understand where the program is. Plus, you're talking about a lot of money to pay out both guys. Not like they don't have it, but you don't want to put the money out there right. what's necessary. There's still a fight between uh, the old boy network, the yes. Big Bloods, and yep. the new autocrats in terms of how they want to run the, the Everybody football wants program. Hands in. So I don't think that this is an automatic that the old blood will win out over the new blood. And to be honest with you, there's some old blood that likes Strong. As well, so this is not because just of a, his discipline. Yes, this is but, not. And, just a, and he did something else place. too. Also, there's some fact that, that put his job in, on the line that we found. I found out here recently. Yeah, there's oh, also some fact that, um, that you you got to figure out who's the, going to be the new AD. Yeah. I don't think the interim AD is going to make that call. And and he doesn't regards that knowing that he's not going to be there in the long run. The other thing there's too, some question whether Mac Brown's come back. And oddly enough, Mac Brown may be the the co- the AD that Strong would like because Strong and Mac Brown actually have a very good, good relationship. Brought him back on campus in regards to what was going on uh, without was, uh, Patterson knowing right. to talk to and the I was coaches t- about what it needs to be and what does it mean to be at Texas. So it's a better relationship than people think. So a lot of people are just assuming that – 
Patterson got fired because of his coaching hires because people were kind of shocked that Patterson would go with an African-American coach. Let's be frank with that. But after time has passed, it's not that much in regards to that. It, it was really about the fans not liking the way that he made this all professional. Go ahead. You jump in that bitch to get in here. Because his butt needed to be fired. What he did, he went to the city of Austin and said it was their response and made reference that it was their responsibility to put a new stadium, a new arena up. Right. And it would right. and right. some the city told him just but like anybody. If you really look at Patterson and his track record, this really shouldn't surprise you in terms of his pro experience. They they got it what they you exact, know about wanted the from. pro setting is the fact that the city does play for facilities. Right. So he literally took everything out of the playbook of what he knows to be pros, and he wanted to monetize everything. I was joking with my course lecture the other day when we were talking about and people were kind of getting a discussion about it, and we tied it into sports law because that's what the class is. Yeah, okay. But essentially what I said, and I did it jokingly, and I think everybody got the point, Patterson got so in-depth in regards to right. monetizing everything that he wanted to charge the fans for saying Texas. And Jerry, it's all right. That's culture. That's ten dollars. I mean, he really he wanted was, to monetize. He increased the ticket price. He weren't surprised by all this. Anybody who right, followed Steve Patterson knew what Longhorns getting into, and apparently the Longhorns didn't. Uh, they have no idea what he was doing. So it's right. their fault that they hired him in the first place. That's that's true. And so that's the disconnect that the rest of the country doesn't know. So they just assume it was about the failing of the player, but it was less about. The coaching, he would have been able to get time. But in fact, what was so intriguing about this is actually the coaches that he brought in and the other ones were really uh, disenfranchising too. He had really irked them in regards to yeah. He treated it just like professional. He had no relationship with the coaches. In fact, the coaches had to go to the assistant ADs. He fired a longtime sports information director that Strong brought back on his staff. So there were a lot of things that the coaches were just like, this, it doesn't make sense. So I have never seen a case where individual, obviously at any position, coach, AD, president, has really just irked everybody in the organization. And the see, last Doc, straw Doc's, Doc's being was nice. Fast. Yeah, because I, 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 I see, it irked. <laughs> pissed <laughs> off. That's what it pissed <laughs> off. I was in a cussing mode hey, the last time somebody talked ahead, to me about it. And the last thing was, is the one person that you can't piss off even the lumps, they can't make the final decision. Yeah, they put big money. They had people frustrated. But he didn't have a relationship with his own president. Yep. And you, Doc, the three of us sitting here knows at the end of the day, that's your cushion between you and the Board of Regents. Am I wrong? That's, that's right. Because if you, that guy there can cut off a lot of stuff and take a lot of heat just because. But when you go and close the door on <laughs> the president oh, yeah. or the chancellor. Say, I got it. Don't worry about this. Because we witnessed that here in town. You know, you do, you can't cross the president. You can't cross the chancellor. No, sir. On no level. No. You can't They'll tell it. you, say, well, all right, then, fine. You can pack your bags and get out. Yeah. Right now. Yeah. And... You shouldn't piss off some board members, but you might but get away with pissing off the board members. It, it, but you're not getting away with pissing off the president, president. or the chancellor. 
as you want me to use the word. Yes. Depending on who it is. Depending on what school it is. You know, that's what I don't care what school it is. No, I'm talking about that's how that's how you reference. No, that's not what I'm saying, Doc. That's not what I'm saying, Private. You can't do that. No, what I'm referencing is depending on the school. They either reference the person in charge as a chancellor or the person Even in charge as, 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 as a president. You know, you just, well, in high school, here in HISD, the principals hire everybody, <laughs> including the coaches. Well, you know, it's, as it's, I it's, said. It's, but one thing is for sure it happened, it needed to happen, and 22 months on a short, on a, on a job that high profile and I tell is, you, is, is another thing that you got to be careful of when. You make your next move. Let me, and let me say this. The day it was announced, the amount of money that poured back into the this, program yeah. was record-breaking. There were people on staff that were ecstatic. Hey, I'm going to tell you euphoric. what I got. They were dancing in the offices. They I were to death. Text this one, I text and email this, this, these two people and say, Can you, are you breathing now? And both of them said the same thing. Hell yes. It ain't. It, it, we ain't do got to be looking back. We we ain't been over, crossed up at the desk no more. We got we got room to breathe. We can stretch out and go to lunch now. I said, well, get you some coffee and get on back to work, cause it, cause now it's gonna be interesting. It's gonna get interesting. But yeah, the one of the things that uh, uh, Charlie Charlie Strong did really. Set set his way with everybody with the alumni, especially the old guy, was doing those was doing those two things with uh, building up a relationship immediately from day one with Darrell Raw, and then two when he was told he's not allowed to you know keep everything off campus. Charlie said, "I can't do that," you know, and he didn't say that publicly. But when you're talking to the guy that 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 you replacing. And you bringing in guys that don't understand what's going on, but you do. The only person that can explain that to them is the guy that you replace. And Daryl uh, 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 Raleigh and, and Mac Brown, you know, because the same thing with, with Mac Brown. He did did that with Daryl. You know, it, you use that person now to, 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 to build a the, 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 the deliver the message. Relationships, yes. to deliver the message and says, okay, this is what you need to understand about coaching here at Texas. The last thing I'll say about this, this is a great article that takes this just out of the general framework that you discuss a little more about the uh, business side and more about policies, mm. a network, um, old boy Longhorns versus neoliberal pirates, the state of sports at the University of Texas mm -hmm. written in the nation. And this was an interview with Ben Carrington, a professor at University of Texas. He's actually a distinguished visiting professor from Oxford, uh, England. Uh, where he played semi-pro uh, football, as we call it here, soccer. He looks like us. Yes, and uh, very Just want to toss uh, it out dynamic, there for don't know. Very dynamic professor. I would encourage you to check out that article if you really want to get a different framework of this. I don't think it's too long to really quote too many things out of it to give you an idea, but I think it's important to at least uh, suggest that you go read it. Again, that's thenation.com. It's an article in there you can Google in, Old Boy Longhorns versus Neoliberal liberal Pirates. And title, title, again, is Old Boy Longhorns versus Neoliberal Pirates, the state of sports at the University of Texas. Excellent article to give you insights on what took place and where things may go from here. Let me toss this out, out there. What if 
Steve Patterson was a good connection to get U of H in the Big 12. And he's now gone. Really? I'm just tossing it out there. Really? I have a counter to that argument. I heard I'm just tossing it out. What? Go ahead. I think he's the opposite. I don't. Think I don't either. Would, I don't. I agree with I, that. His yeah, I would I don't think he would push for U of H. Uh, in I don't think he'd be an ally. Let's put it that. You'd way. be surprised how many folks ask questions about different things. I hear out this right. off the record. And, somebody, and I think it's, and, it's and, a, and y'all would just sit around the table. And you would just sit around right. my head off. In my in my retort. <laughs> yeah, I was drinking my retort was this? Well, did you know? President Couture, UH president, tweeted a few days ago a picture of her with Governor Abbott holding up the UH sign. <laughs> was, was, it, was anything good coming out of that conversation? You don't know yet. I mean, yeah, I'm talking about yet. I feel like that. You don't know yet. Yeah, hey, it's very rare you see a governor of Texas holding up the UH sign. So, you know, it's not bad. It's not, yeah, you, that, it's that, not that's bad. It, yeah. You know, based on past. Were they both smiling? Past, yes. Okay, well, then, yeah, it wasn't History, bad. one of the reasons that U of H is not part of the Big 12 was because of politics. So well, that's true. You can get back in the Big 12 because of politics. Hey, why the hell not? So. Right. That is true. Because right. they're going to be looking for something. Because if they get snowed, they get, get snowed under the second time, yeah, they're going to be calling on somebody. Oh, no and doubt. So, and it's going to be interesting because you might get two conferences snowed under the way Notre Dame is playing right now. And that with is the my X factor. And I don't see them having any stronger competition until week 10 or 11 into the season in regards to what's going on. And by that time. Since they got over Georgia Tech. Right. Uh, and they were able to win that game uh, with the backup quarterback coming in and holding on to it two weeks ago. So. And by that time, all the other clouds and whatever else is, that's, that was in front of them at the beginning of the season, they'll be all like way late or, or whatever. And they, it'll be a clear uh, picture of what's uh, at the what the last three weeks. Well, I'd say this: if 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 Notre Dame is Guess top it. five, oh yeah, the no, country, yeah, they're not I getting think, left out. No, uh, uh, no. Let's let's be honest. Yeah, I got a so person that's breathing out my neck and on it. It doesn't matter from that standpoint. Somebody is getting yeah. count for Notre Dame, and like they said, now you have four spots for five conferences. If you put in the independent, if you would, calling Notre Dame, right. which is a semi-independent as they play half their games, if you would, as an ACC uh, football player, or ACC all other conferences. I'm just saying that you're talking about two conferences left out, which makes it even more difficult for the Big 12 well, I, to I, get their seating versus what happened last year when they were just the irrelevant Big 12? But, but I, I am going to – I don't think it will be two teams from the same conference this year at all. Right now, the way it's – it's, it's, it's moving toward. I agree. I think it's going to be some time before you get another another situation like you had, like we had, I think had last year. Just by natural attrition, yeah. And each conference is generally going to have at least one or two teams strong enough uh, that in in the poll. I mean, you having now the two top teams. All enough is everybody, as I said, talking about the SEC this and that, and, the, and talking and about the Big Twelve this and that. The best two teams are ranked right now right. are coming out of the Big Ten. Right, right. With Michigan Ohio State, State and, and Michigan Ohio State. State. Gentlemen. And they don't play each other until championship. Gentlemen. And, and, and somebody out of that, uh, a couple of teams out of, that, out of, the, out of, the, out of the, um, the big uh, Big Ten, yeah. they are not in, uh, they don't play, they're not scheduled to play each other this year. Um, right, until the championship. Like Northwestern doesn't have either one of them on that schedule this year. 
They didn't have. They don't have. You know, it's the unbalanced schedule. Unlike the Big Twelve, that has one true champion. Hey, although you, last you, year they had. Like two. I said, you right. get you <laughs> get you get you get snowed under this year. You better find a way. So, you better find a way. No, as you said, that's a you problem. It's not gonna be no you <laughs> yeah. find a way. You it's better be find about, a way. It's gonna be about those people in that room. Because the phone says, "Pick me up." Phone says pick me up and call. Brothers, brothers, let me go down the Longhorns' remaining schedule. Tell me how many games are going to win. Oh, and, and a problem. They won't beat Oklahoma. And the problem is. I can beat, tell you that now. They can beat Oklahoma. They're, they're, I don't think they will. Their, their defense beatable. is their problem. They are beatable, but I don't think Texas Oklahoma's will beat them. Okay, all right, all right, all right. September 26th versus Oklahoma State. Loss. October Oklahoma. 3rd. Where's that game? Austin. They can beat Oklahoma State. Next, at TCU. Oh, no. That's October 3rd. Yeah, I'll count that as a loss. Loss? Okay. TCU's so not playing as very good unless SMU is playing much better than most people think. October 10th. They're they competitive. The Red River battle. I don't versus think. Oklahoma. I, I don't see them beating Oklahoma. That, that game tends to come down to the team that is not higher ranked. I'm going to go with Texas in that game. So you got them 3-3. Three and three. Next, I got October 24th. You got them 2-4, 3-3. Three and three. Okay. Kansas State. They'll beat them. Four and three. Then Iowa State at Iowa. Does it matter? Yeah. Five and three. Kansas. Yeah. Three. <laughs> West Virginia at West Virginia on November 14th. Oh, man. Also, Is it a day or night game? Seven o'clock. Well, no. To, to be determined. Hasn't been announced yet. Um, oh. They're rolling now. I'm going to give them yeah. the credit. Quarterback's going to get better. Defense, let's say they get a little better. I'm going to go I'm gonna go with a seven and three. They don't like being rushed. So you got, I, you I, got I, a bowl I, eligible now, Doc. Yeah. No, I don't – what, what – I don't think that defense that they have that right now is garbage it's right now. I, I don't think they like being rushed. They don't. It, it, from what I, I've gone back and seen the highlights of the, of the Rice game, yeah. they don't like being rushed. Yeah, but they, I don't think I, don't, I agree with you. I just don't think West Virginia's yeah. offenses. They may not be. Longhorns have we, given up 111 points in the first three games. Dude, like I said, I, they don't and like they being rushed. They will continue to give up. Yeah, some and I, 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 I think I, I, I think West Virginia will beat them at. Uh, but at, now uh, my point is, is what was troubling them me in the past at the first two weeks of the season was the fact that they couldn't score. I'm taking into account that offensively they Basically, found a weapon. Okay. They're going to be able to give the defense a little more break and a little more time because that quarterback, as long as he can stay healthy. Is it Gerard or Jared? Better. It's Gerard. Gerard Hurd, yeah, freshman, correct? Yeah, yeah. He's going to get better. He's a real deal. The yeah. He's a real deal. He's going to get better the rest of the season. Okay. Thanksgiving versus the Clingsberries. They'll beat them. At home? Yes. They'll beat them. They'll win that game. Okay, y'all got them eight and three, man. Eight three, seven and four. And, yeah. Seven and four. <laughs> and then December fifth in Waco. They get drove. Yeah. Like I said, that defense does not like being pushed, man. Eight. So you're looking at seven and five, eight and four? They, yeah. yeah, I think they'll lose the Baylor. I think it'll be close to what in terms of getting drove, because I just don't see Baylor playing very good football right now. Offensively it's solid, but they still have some questions on the on the defensive side right. of the ball. But, I think Baylor is a little overrated in regards to what's going on. But they'll they push them with this weekend. No, they're winning. I think Baylor will win the game, but I just don't think it'll be a blowout. Yeah. Okay. So they're but, going to a bowl. Yeah. And that means Charlie would save his job. Yeah. I just, I, I told I, you, I, earlier, I tell you, I tell you I'm what, not, see, well, you forgot what I said earlier. I'm not that impressed with the Big 12. That's what everybody. Well, that, I, I'm not either, but uh, I'm, right. you, you, I'm looking at the games now from, from the, now the, the doc is right. The game, the two games with Oklahoma and Oklahoma State is decision time. 
Well, they play Cowboys this Saturday. They lose at one and three. Yeah, then they're in some trouble. Yeah. You're going to get a lot of yeah. more talking going on. Right. Players going to start to dial a little more. They find a way to pull it off. They're right back in the south. Yeah. Notre Dame. Remaining schedule. This Saturday, UMass. Ah. Then at Clemson. Yeah, they can win that. Navy. Yes. USC. Home for USC. Oh, man. I'll tell you a game y'all slipping on. Halloween, they go to Temple. Dude. That's going to that, be, that's gonna that be much team, of the game folks think. That yeah, team right. scares me right now. And in, in, in the, in the, in the act, they may be the American right now. They are not afraid of nobody. That should be a very entertaining game. They're playing good should defense, be the one too. Yeah. we watch. That's going to be a big step in regards to this well, follow along how far U of H has come in a lot of ways. Right. Same way as how far Temple has come. Yep. I mean, it's going to be a true measuring block for both programs in terms of where they want to be at this time. That would be a hell of a win for the act. Oh, man. That would that, that would be the American uh, the American the American Athletic Conference right there. That'd be something. Then at at Pitt, oh, versus Wake Forest, versus Boston College, and then at Stanford. Uh, Stanford's rebounded. Can't figure they out. Had a can't, huge can't win figure out Stanford. Oh, you probably won't the rest you know. of the season. But I told you a lot. People didn't want to really give me credit when I said a lot of that I thought was the time game that was played in the Midwest and the, the fact that that was the first game of the season. So you always got to shake some of that off. But, again, they were playing uh, essentially a, what they played at 11. They were playing a 9 o'clock game mm-hmm. for their bodies to turn up. Mm-hmm. So I think coach for the Stanford – is just too good of a coach to allow that team just to fade away. I think they still find a way to give up another loss because they are going to be consistent. But Stanford is a pretty good team. According to multiple industry sources, the Mayweather-Berto pay-per-view card was a box office bomb. They fought this weekend? Did they have a fight this Did he fight this weekend? Oh, no, it was September 12th. Well, whenever. Did, 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 he, did, he, did he have September a fight? September 12th. That lets you know how much you hey, it. Yeah. It doesn't surprise me. You you didn't have the fervor around it of the last fight. And then you had a lot of people that were upset about the last fight. Yeah. So you had some people in a lot of ways were unnerved and just kind of boycotting the fight, really. You think about and it. folks, okay. But he's made his money. Floyd <laughs> says that was his last fight. Do you believe it? No. 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 I think he'll, I, he won't I, fight I'm for a, a while. Uh, uh, How long is a while, in your opinion? A couple of years. At least, years. At least one uh, at least. At least one year. But I so, years. 18 months wouldn't be Doc, too far out of the way. How old are you going to have Floyd fighting, Doc? At least, I, I, I'm going to say 18 months. Y'all know how old I'm, And I'm talking about 18 yeah. months from the, from the time, from, from this last fight until the next fight. So, that means he'll arrange something with, that will put him 18 months out. Yeah. He'll be 40 years old. In 18 months? Roughly. He's 38 yeah. right now. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Y'all got Florida fighting at, at uh, 40? Yeah, I mean, and, and, it's and, and, done. And, it's, yeah, and, and at the weight division, yeah, that could that could happen. He could fight there. I think Florida's going to fight again because he wants 50-0. and 0. Right. Was a shot at breaking Marciano's undefeated record. I'd like to see him fight somebody to give him a good <laughs> challenge because it damn sure wasn't Berto. But, yeah, uh, I don't, I'm not sure if he's going to. Fight somebody that's going to give him a real challenge. He'll fight somebody that should get the interest into the fight. Yeah, that, I, I agree with that. Will, Doc. 
come out and, and really want to see if he can get the 50 and 0 and give that last hurrah. So I think he'll find a way to get the pocket books well, I mean, moving. As mentioned in the article on great ESPN, businessman. exactly, he's a great businessman. One of the reasons people choose to spend money on watching the Floyd fight because they want to see Floyd lose. Well, this, that happens. That but happens in that game. Nobody, nobody thought he'd lose to Berto. So that's why very few folks spend money on the fight. Makes sense. And that's his own fault. So one of the marks on Mr. Money uh, didn't make a smart business decision. So this fight, he, he made money, but they're not going to clear nearly as much as they thought on that uh, mess. And the, the live gate attendance was only 13000 Oh, man. So that's not close to a sellout. So it was an embarrassment. And so, the place seats, what, 22? Yeah. Somewhere along there? Yep, 20 plus. Oh, man, that's too many empty seats. That's yeah. too many empty seats. Can't, can't afford that. You, you're losing money when you got an empty building. Well, I think if you look at all his fights that he signed with uh, Showtime Package, right? That, that was the last fight, last fight of the contract. I think if you look at all the fights he had with him, he really put Showtime back on the map. So if you look at it as a whole, I think he's done what he said he was going to do for Showtime. Um, he went on in his own. He made sure he put in the fight that everybody wanted. It didn't turn out like a lot of people yeah. thought it would, but in fact, in, in terms of giving uh, all the boxing fans what they wanted at that time, he did that. Mm-hmm. So I think if you look at this as a whole, it was a win by everybody that was involved. And that question topic was also presented to us. So we have we're getting. People to uh, send this discussion. Like I said, topics. We, we starting to move the needle. We got so that's good. Another thing that was uh, brought to my attention. Any thoughts on the uh, two San Antonio J football players? Yes. Hitting the referee, saying referee, saying the coach told them to hit the referee, saying referee called them slur, racial slurs, blah 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 blah. blah. First of all, it two was- wrongs don't make a right. Number two is yeah, coach, but, uh, but I agree with that. But you're not going to blame young people in regards to. Uh, it's amazing in this country how we no, treat the, young people. The adults as, were at fault. If the ref, yeah, you the slur, that's a man. And, 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 and if the coach told them to do it, that's a and that's adult. two wrongs. Don't make a right. Two adults made a decision and put children involved. I agree with that. That's wrong. That's very. That, wrong. That's very wrong. Because if you're a grown man, especially if you're a coach, and the way I've seen, I've refereed games and I've seen coaches approach me, don't get involved your your players. If you're gonna walk up, you do it. You better not send a message or information through a child. Right, I agree with that. Because now I got a problem with you as an adult. Right. Because now I don't respect you no more. I don't respect you no more. Right. I'll be honest with you. Right. You cause you sent a child out there instead of you bringing your butt out there on the field. And it wouldn't surprise me if the the referee used slurs. I know for a lot of people, they want to believe that we're past this racial. We we never passed that time. Right, but if you just open your eyes in terms of some general things going on society, it's not out of the blue that something like that could happen. And so to me, it's just part of the times. You have. Young people doing what perceived to be crazy things, and usually you want to say, "Well, they're just doing the wrong thing." But then when you dig a little deeper, right? 
um, you may not want what you find out. True. And they found out that there were a lot of adults, as you said, uh, behind mm-hmm. this yep. that were pushing these young people in the wrong direction. And so I, I was glad that that they decided to dig because I could see it going in a direction mm-hmm. where they were really quickly prepared to throw these kids under right. the bus, yep. get them out of the way, sentence them, uh, ban them for life, it seemed like, and just say that they were bad young people. And I'm not saying what they did or shouldn't be punished, but to to the way that they wanted to punish them, it seems, at the beginning, was quite frustrating to me to find out that it was, in a lot of ways, not totally all their own action. Wildcat, the Baylor Bears have a uh, step up in non-conference competition yeah, this Saturday when they, they play sure the Rice do. Isles. Somebody can push them. They went 90 offensive plays this past weekend. Who do who? And I got uh, 90 offensive plays is a lot of plays. That gives some so things. So you're back on the band. The oh, no, I'm band. still there. I, I ain't moving nowhere. He, he, he ain't left the bandwagon. He ain't, come on. <laughs> they know that doc. They, 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 like they, 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 like folks folk say, don't right. get it twisted. Right. Right. Yeah. I know where, my, where, 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 where I hang at. You know, I, I'm good. I'm good. I ran into young Mr. J. Mack uh, so the other week. I'll, I'll see him tomorrow. Yeah, I think hopefully. Baylor has too much offense. Rice won 38-24 over North Texas. And what they did was the quarterback's did, name is what? Uh, Dreyfus Jackson, fifth-year senior. Jackson. He, uh, he corrected some things. He's maturing. He's, he's, he's getting a, a better grasp of what's going on. Looks like us. And, uh, yes, he does. 29 uh, of 39 for 373 yards. And three touchdowns. I don't think he made player of the week either in the conference. Because if, if I'm not mistaken, I think it was somebody that had about uh, close to 400 yards and, and uh Five touchdowns, if I'm not mistaken. One other team. Oh, the kid at uh, Western Kentucky. But then, as far as I was concerned, they didn't play nobody. <laughs> you know, if you play in Middle Tennessee, that's something totally different. I can respect you about that. And you was outside the conference. I understand. But, uh, yeah, they. Uh, so, what's they, they going to do against the Baylor Bears in Waco? They're going to push them. And we know, let me say, put on the record. They're going to push it. It was a backdoor cover, but a couple weeks ago, the Wildcat was correct. Longhorns won by 14. The spread was 14 and a half. So he, he ended up being <laughs> correct on that. Doc was wrong. Yeah. Doc, you yeah. know he, you know, how he did that? You know, Doc, he just he he rolled up to the Cougars. ain't worried about them, man. They ain't going to be putting them in this. <laughs> it's going to be Doc. It's going to be I'm Doc. It's going to be Doc. Oh, no, I was wrong too, but y'all, you know, I said 14 as well, so I was wrong yeah. as well. I got the 28 right. So, yeah. You, you said 35 28, I believe. You got it was. both so, yeah. right. You so, covered in. But you know, it, it, what you got this weekend, though? they going to give up 50. That's all? I'm asking you, they're going to give up 50? No. No, uh uh-uh. uh. No. No. Well, yeah. Since you said they're not, I'm going to say yes. No. I don't see him giving up there. We can make this interesting. Okay. We'll keep this. I'll get a couple of tweets going uh, this Saturday. Okay. That's right. <laughs> but, yeah, I don't see him giving up this. Hopefully that ticket doesn't start to change. Yeah. Uh, Sam Houston State. Oh. So, Ken yeah. Rice. No. Oh, uh, Jalen Rashard for Southern Miss was named player of the week. Yeah. 230-yard rushing four yeah, touchdowns. Yeah, he did a great job. In a 56-50 win over Texas State. Nice time because that's who comes to Houston. This weekend to play the Cougars. Yeah, 
gave up 56 points to uh, Southern Miss. I'm surprised Southern Miss scored that many points. Wow. <laughs> what? <laughs> now you think we need to jump it? You want to jump, jump it down and let him beat it right now? No, I'm going to let him beat his chest. Okay. I'm not saying nothing. I'm just saying they scored. They gave up 56 points to Southern wow. Miss. Southern Miss is not known for being a high pot offense. Notice so. he's not saying SMU. He's a Southern yeah, Miss. Yeah, yeah. Southern Miss. Like, like well, Coach Bailiff says, going down to the Rock is hard. Hattiesburg is different. Going to Dallas. <laughs> Southern Miss is not Mr. Southern Mr. Methodist. Mr. Mr. Color <laughs> Analyst, going, going to Hattiesburg is hard on a, on a young black man. So, and that's why I ain't been there. So, yeah. <laughs> I didn't go down there a couple of times. Passed through, but I've also uh, stayed a little while, too. You made sure that I'm not going. Yeah, okay, so. all right. All yeah, right. But the Cougars, off their bye week, off yeah. week, whatever you want to call it, Yeah. host Texas State, 7 o'clock kickoff. So plenty of time for me and my fellow Cougars to tailgate. Yeah, y'all going to be able to stand up, man? What about, you know, 7 o'clock is a long time. In this, in this. Oh, yeah. I'll be drinking, buzzed, sober for kickoff. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> y'all going to make it inside the stadium and – and fill up the seats this we, time around. We better. I need to find out about that because I put on Twitter dude, a few times. It, folks are starting to ask the question get your about tickets. that. I need to sell. Get your butts in the stadium inside TDECU Stadium. And, and I'm gonna say something to, to the Cougar fans. That's disappointing because because that, that, that's no excuse. And exactly. Right, and, and and I'm gonna say, I'm gonna say this because I know what kind of coaching staff you have. You better show some. Umph. The coaching that, staff that, 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 has done that, its part. That, that you appreciate what's going on, what's fixing they're the house. They're games. They're starting to recruit local talent. And they're getting players. They're being on radio. They're getting real players. They're getting media attention. Yes. So it's time for the alums and the fans, fans students, to you buy got, some tickets. You got over 40,000 on up, campus. I'm going to go in a game. different direction with this. I think the general principles of what you're saying are correct. But I think this is a trend going around the nation where you have fans that are not going inside the stadium. Okay. And there's been a great deal of research trying to figure out why this is happening. That's why you're the data doctor. That's why you're here. I believe, uh, along with some of the research that I've read, that part of this is the new social media craze that is going on. And if you don't find a way to get your fans interactive, they're going to be interactive. They're just going to be interactive outside your stadium. So you have fans coming to games. Mm Mm-hmm. You got to remember, technology allows these fans to watch games yes. on their phones, watch games on the tablets. Yeah. People can set up tailgating crews. And tailgating is really uh, becoming a phenomenon in terms of the way you have organizations selling tailgating. Right. It's right. really become a platform where you have literally ho- small houses being set up for tailgating stations. Wow. Where you have maids, you have easy <laughs> Doc. stick and move. So people are literally basically, it's getting very elaborate and very corporate where people are bringing essentially their home to the tailgate. So it's not just the fans are not showing up. Oftentimes they're showing up, but they're outside the stadium. Now the question is how you get them in. And my point with that is, is part of the job of an institution is not just to say, hey, we hired a great coach. We're playing good football. Here's the schedule. You're going to have to really emerge your fans and find out what do they want, and you're going to have to do that from a marketing standpoint. Now, I think what you're saying for U of H fans is on point. 
that U of H has done a great deal of the part you need to do in terms of hiring a great coach that is going to take U of H back to where they were a couple of years ago with the last two coaches that were playing at a very high level. But you're also going to have to make sure that you start scheduling appropriate too. Oh, amen. Well, oh, well, amen. amen. Start now, scheduling let, where 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 there is interest in the game for the fans. That's what's going to happen. In, ter- in terms um, of to happen. Thank so that's goodness. the last thing I'll put out there to kind of make sure that we tell well, they the need to market, they, they need to market all the athletics better. Uh, it's getting better. Because previous years, it was a piece of crap. The new AD has made mention um, either last week or week before last. I know it's been since our last podcast that scheduling will be upgraded starting the uh, 16th. Folks that are on schedule that work in Oklahoma that, next that, year. That were, uh, but that's, that's that's set up by the, through it. the through right. the, uh, the Advocare uh, right. uh, kick, uh, kickoff. But uh, per the 2016 season, there won't be a playing down as they've been doing. Everybody will be FBS. And it'll be get after. Good. That include men's basketball. Well, you know, in the, it, in, it in, the you, know, you know, in the basketball, you know, this, uh, they, you know, they con- they've made a conscious decision. Uh, on, who, who, well, no, who, I take that who, back. Who on, the, <laughs> on the uh, on the women's side, but not on the men's side. Okay. I, I just remembered that. Yeah, I, I almost put my foot into it. But they, but you and I, we scheduled to go and and ask that question. One thing. You know what I'll do? I ask the commissioner flat out those pertinent questions. I don't have a problem. And folks, and Doc, that's what bothers me about our colleagues. They stand around when the commissioner, you know, has open a cattle call, and they don't ask real questions pertaining to, you know, what they've heard him speak speak about at the state of the uh, conference. Be honest with you, I'm glad they don't because that means you get to do it, and you and will that's do what it, we do. and you have and, done it. Here we go. Here we go. Future right. non-conference opponents for the football team. This U of H only, right? U of H, yes. Okay. Juracek, the new athletic director. Oklahoma, as he said, in that stadium, they ain't paying us, so I ain't going to say the name of the stadium. You know what it is, what the Texas play, yeah. where they decided to finally put in turf instead of that <laughs> trade garbage that hey. has all the seams. Then Lamar, Lamar, Texas State, and then Louisville. So two out of four. Hey. 17 at Arizona. Two out of four with one dog. Yeah. Yep. Yes. At Arizona, Texas Tech, home for Texas Tech, home for Rice. That's 2017. Not too bad. 2018. Uh, you have robberies in there. Yeah. They've, they've, a one big time. Opponent. They've made a conscious decision. The, folk, the, the new administration has made a conscious decision to, to put their game back on the uh, – Right, and yes. I, don't, I don't have a problem with that. I think there's a lot of truth with the rivalry. So 2018, same three teams, just different, at Rice, right. home for Arizona, at Texas Tech. 2019, at Oklahoma, and then Kansas. So they got, that's only two so far, 2019. That's two, two solid. Yeah. 2020, five. at Kansas. 2021, Texas Tech, at Vanderbilt. Two power five conference. 2022, only thing so far is at Texas Tech. Well, Notre Dame comes to town, comes to calling. I think next season they go on to play Rice. Yeah, good for and, Rice. And I'm and I'm happy about that because prior to they're playing the game, um, the early the, 80s, at the stadium. Yeah, no, campus. no, it's it's on campus. Um, prior to the too late smart, mid eighties, huh? they were uh, on a constant basis. It would be like every three years 
they would come to three to four. It was like every senior recruiting class, they would come to town, play a game, and pick up a pick up recruits in the process. That's how they kept their, uh, their connection Texas, going. You, hey, why not? Why, I, I mean, seriously. I think one thing I will say about Notre Dame, uh, they, they really do some pretty solid schedules. I mean, you have some traditional games on there yeah, that like may that. upset you, but they balance them out with the way they go play um, across the country, right, very right. solid traditions. Obviously, they have a big one. USC is always going to be right. pretty solid. USC Navy might is, be up and down. Navy will always be on the schedule. But, you know, yeah, what I'm saying, yeah, yeah Navy is a very solid program. You throw away that the fact that they have Army on there. But they, they mix it up, you know. They got Stanford. They got Michigan State. They yeah. mix it up. So they play some solid. They always That's play. why that brand is the brand. State brand, yeah. NBC picked them up. You know, I, I look at that deal the same way I look at the Nike deal with, with Michael Jordan. Early on, you saw a pattern, and you decided to make you made a decision as a as a company, as a corporate a corporation. We're gonna go that route, and we no matter what happens, what, what transpires, we're gonna ride it out. And we, you know, at Nature Dame, they've had some some lean years, right? But NBC stuck by, and uh, now I, to be you honest with you, the long term of that contract, I think it was good that they did it, but I really think they didn't have much choice the way they structured the contract to uh. kind of stick it out. The point that you're getting yes. to is the fact that because it was a long right. contract, that you are going to have your peaks and valleys, right. and now they're riding a peak, yep. uh, as Notre Dame seems to have. And with this playoff system, it's, it's, it's going to work for them. Doc, yeah. the Pac-12 has not or walked away, well, AT&T slash DirecTV Uh-oh. wanted to um, bend – change the Pac-12 business model and get a piece of the action because, you know, Pac-12 has their own network, their own stuff, blah, 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 blah. So the AT&T tried to strong arm them and get, they wanted a, a cut of, because it's carriage rights to get the Pac-12 part of DirecTV. And? <clears throat> so there is no deal right now. There's no deal. The discussions are it shouldn't be. are off the table. Yeah. It's early on. You know, no, a part of this is the fact that, uh, or at least if you believe what the Pac-12 presidents and commissioners are putting out, is that they would be hemorrhaging money, that they would actually have to pay a lot more money. Uh, for, for, for carriage fees? For carriage fees, so they were going to lose in the end. So at this point, it really was almost a no-brainer. They had to do it. This is a point where you would like your fan base of the Pac-12 to speak up and really push the envelope by inundating with emails and phone calls to A&T to let them know that you want your your teams on there. Unfortunately, you're talking about the West Coast where the fan no. bases are not quite as rabid as you see. No, in, we've got other things to do. With the traditional South, like Southwest region, and even in the Midwest, uh, you have that East Coast, West Coast, layback, more professional yeah. crowd, late coming. So... In a lot of ways, as you can see, particularly with L.A., <laughs> they can do without professional football if, it, if it's not good in, you know, in a lot of ways. So I think that's the, some of the trouble that you're going to have with Pac-12. And I think A&T&T knows that, and that's why they kind of push the envelope and say, hey. So let me let me read you some quotes and from uh, John Wilner, writes for the San Jose Mercury News. He's done a lot of good reporting on this uh, arrangement, non-deal, whatever, and some quotes from Larry Scott, commissioner of the Pac-12. 
Uh, let me see here. Quote from Larry Scott. Well, let me just go back up as as I said that uh, AT&T wanted a, a stake in the business model. You know, he confirmed that a, an, an equity stake for AT&T was discussed, but not part of the final proposal. Larry Scott, I'm disappointed. We have a compre- comprehensive partnership with AT&T, plus they're carrying Pac-12 Networks on Uverse, which I love. I was right. hopeful of a, re- a reasonable deal could be done. I'm certainly, certainly disappointed that wasn't possible. All the, the presidents made a unanimous decision to agree with him to go not accept AT&T's proposal. But the business model, as I said earlier, the conference, all 12 schools own the network. So this is, you know, Larry Scott says the league is quote unquote masters of our own destiny and cites the flexibility to adapt to changes. And there's a quote from him. This is what he believes. Even if we're frustrated right now, three years from now, I think the industry is going to look very different from where it is today. Suggestion to him on the Pac-12 network, eventually offering a live streaming service Mm -hmm. along the lines of HBO Go, where fans could subscribe directly and not be forced to use Uverse, Dish, Comcast, etc. Quote, the the idea is coming. When we're able to offer it, we're trying to figure that out. End quote. No question about it. That's where the industry is going. I think it's brilliant. We've kind of seen where, well, not kind of, we have seen with the Big Ten Conference that got ahead of everybody. And they're coming up on their renewal of their project, and they're really going to hit the bonanza. If you thought what the SEC landed from the ESPN was big, wait till you see what the Big Ten gets. In a lot of ways, you see the Pac-12 doing the same thing. And the one thing about the Pac-12 that you may not focus on is it has some very large markets very large markets that's going to help them in terms of the number of people in these markets that drives up the television rates. The, to hold on to everything and understand where things are going to two, three, uh, five years in terms of streaming where everybody can get the information, which is what I talked about earlier in regards to fans not coming into the game, I think is a must-do. I think if you can't get excited. You have to... Stand fast, if you would. Believe in what your research has told you and kind of hold down, hold back, and move forward accordingly. So I support the direction that they're taking right now, and I think they're on front of the curve in regards to where they're going with the streaming markets. So do you believe that's going to be the way they can improve the the size of the pie for the schools to slice? Absolutely. That's going to be the new money stream. For all the industries up here. People are talking about the bubble's going to burst with the football money. Not anytime soon because we haven't even got into that money market with the streaming. They're just figuring out ways how to monetize streaming, and it's coming uh, in terms of corporations mm-hmm. finding ways. Remember, corporations love to market to sports. Right. It is the oh, yeah. only yeah. What, what? primetime park. Uh, uh, component, if you would, of media that they can use where people don't turn it off. Everybody else is watching everything, streaming, when they want to, late, and the problem they have with that is they're able to go directly to the show and you can push out the commercials, if you will. Right. And so sports is continuing to drive up the market. 
I was looking at an infographic that showed you talking about a multi-billion dollar industry that continues to rise in every aspect that they measure. Let me add this. On Twitter, Mr. Wilner has said that, in his opinion, the Pac-12 will not expand. Not going to happen. It, it, it wouldn't surprise me because right now, the the school that you would think would that you would have some interest BYU, and I just think that BYU, um, because of the religious ties and when they have to play, just doesn't fit with the West Coast and that liberal mindset. So, if you're not going to expand with BYU, there's not even a close second team. So, who in that market are you going? to? to expand where it's worth it to capture more television. I don't see it. Well, I know what I'm t- hoping. Really? Two time uh, two, two timelines away? Hell, if it means a big slice of the pie, yeah. Two timelines away? Yeah. And folks, what I'm talking about is that's two time zones. U of H, SMU, Oklahoma, Oklahoma State, yeah. I sure am. All right. Okay. Yeah, I don't, I, don't, I don't see that taking place. In regard to the market, I just can't see the dollars being big enough to drive that. If they're going to come in this market, they're going to want Texas um, to yeah. be a part of that package. Now, if you can team up with Texas to get in there, okay, you rate Texas, Oklahoma, Oklahoma State. I don't care as long as you rate still in a big yeah. power five conference. I don't care about this. Now, if Texas <laughs> decides to pull up their truck and do it, uh, uh, it's been slow in terms of got the on network for you they to get into a power on, five. Something got to happen. They've got on the uh, cable network right. in regards to the sports package part well, of that. Well, let me uh, in terms of DirecTV, it's still not on Comcast. True. They're uh, on AT and T, Uverse. Well, Doc, let me ask you this question then. Seeing as Periscope has started, has turned the corner. I don't know how they are figuring, you know, the money, the monetary value, and all that. But that's. That's the, that's the other thing that everybody's starting to... Have you asked any uh, of your local SIDs about how their thoughts on Periscope for uh, post-game press conferences? You know what? I have not, and uh, I will ask before the week is out. Please that's do, for sure. because I've, I've brought it up to a a uh, conference director, and she said, that's a good question. We'll have to discuss that, you know, how technology has changed. Oh, yeah, and, 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 and she... she she would. Right. She'll go and do that. And uh, <laughs> you need to get a check on that one. Uh, matter of fact, Doc, I need to get checked a lot of things. <laughs> <laughs> Doc, Doc, and I both gonna be charging you up for some stakes here for pretty soon. And you better keep rolling. Okay. I'm a bank bets on my school. I'm not doing that. You not? No. Uh, okay. Well, that's not true. I got one at the office, but that's just. A, hey. That's just Sorry. me and the alum- I, alum- I, I was happy to see y'all's uh, alumnus last night. Uh, Mr. Undertaker in the building last night. Yeah, that was good to, good to see. Because every time I see him, I stand proud. I say, you see that guy right there? That's a HISD product. From Wall Trip High School. That guy there. Speaking of Wall Trip High School, we'll wrap it up with this. Go ahead. Media Day for the Rockets. Is when? announced is on the 28th of September. That Wednesday? No, next Monday. Oh. Next Monday. Really? Rockets announced they signed some four players to a training camp. Roster. They ain't it good? One of those four is Denzel Livingston. Incarnate Word. And high school. Oh, that. Yes. Okay. Wow. <laughs> I had to think. I had to, I had to, when you said Incarnate Word, okay. All right. Yeah. Denzel, Denzel Livingston. Livingston. Yeah. 
Yeah, HISD. That's right. Yes, sir. And the other three young men that they signed, Will Cummings from Temple. Okay. The American. Joshua Smith, 6'10", 350, from Georgetown. I think he's I think he's less than that now. Hey. He's a skilled big man. He's just a huge young man. Well, is he Charles Barkley? He's who Charles came to the league. But he's, Josh is 6'10", though. Josh is 6'4 and a half, you know, three, and 300 bills, you know. And then lastly, Chris Walker, 6'10", 220. All these guys, I think uh, three of the four spent time in the Rockets Summer League okay. this summer. But uh, see if I can talk to Mr. Livingston. Yeah. Media day next week. And ask him, did I have I talked to you before, young man? <laughs> during your during your high school days. Just that because he, he's probably you no, know, we we're probably still still doing a little bit of high school at the time while he was playing. Hey, yeah. No, it's possible. It's possible. Wrap it up, please. Give me some thoughts about Moses Malone, sir. Oh man, big fella, big fella was big fella was hell on wheels. I tell you what. He was laid. He was laid out in the building that he built. That he brought joy to me and others during his time out on the floor. He was a good, great, big man to me. He was the original teacher to pretty much everybody here in town that passed through here. As Charles said, he called him dad for a reason. You know, and I'm gonna tell you. Uh, it was a time to cry, it was a time to laugh, and thought about a lot of events and a lot of places and all, and a lot of times sitting down you know, at the table just laughing and joking, telling stories and all. Can't say them all on here. Correct. <laughs> but, please, but, please don't. We want to stay doing what we're doing. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but I'm going to tell you, folks, to see him out on the floor doing his time, and to this day, I don't care what nobody says. When you go into the last day of the season, you got to win a game on a, either a Sunday night or I think it was a Sunday night. And you get a phone call that says, Jerry, put the, put the barricades up. We're going to the playoffs. They won today. <laughs> Next, folks started showing up about 10 o'clock that night. Waiting around and I said, I'm buying tickets tomorrow. It was a different world then. It was a different world. <laughs> Losing team, going to the playoffs, and they get to the to the finals. Big fella said, "Let's go. Wow. Gonna get, I'm gonna get this. I'm gonna carry my back. Gonna get this done." And he, and, and, he, and, and he did. And that. I'm, I'm, I'm gonna tell you, folks were kind of shocked. Like this, big, this, he ain't been in the league long enough. He a high school player. I said, "Yeah, that may be true, but he kicking y'all butt right now, <laughs> and it ain't funny." And trust me. Boston had some players, had some, some real veteran players during that time. It was a different world. They don't play basketball like that no more. Where teams, you know, guys stick around in the league as long as they, they stuck around right. and had that many Hall of Famers on the squad at one time. You know, we won't see those days ever again just because of the way they do business these days. And I'm going to say it just like that. That's right. You know, it's, it's, it's about a money thing. It may be about a money thing for the player and the owner, but when you're capable of setting a, uh, as you say, Doc, a business model that works, you kind of hold on to that. And you hold on to it as long as you can. But um, it was nice to see some friends that I hadn't seen since the last time we were in that building as, as basketball fans. And um, it brought back a lot of memories. I didn't, uh, so 
I'm not going to get along into this. Like Charles said, be brief, brother. So I'm being brief. Good deal. Thank you, sir. I appreciate that. Wrap it up. How can folks find you on the World Wide Web? All right. <clears throat> you can find me online all over the place. SoundCloud, Blogger, YouTube, AKSV, DCSR, Twitter, TweetDeck, and Facebook, Jerry Lee Woodley Jr., J.L. Woodley 1. Doc? Purposely didn't talk about the Texans. I don't think they're worthy Doc, of the conversation Let that right go, now. please. We'll say something about the Cowboys. Yeah. They found a way to get it done, but it'll be interesting wow. to see with the Romo going out. Uh, obviously, you two players to put down. that out there. You're two players down. Yes. Make that short. Quarterback and a wide receiver, yeah. team star. No, no, you're two really, star the, players down. Really, if you think about <laughs> no, it. No, that you production you what, production. What everybody players, thought was the second coming of the triplets are gone. One, by trade at the uh, – well, right. you let off the roster. Right. Went to another team at the beginning of the season. And the Who looked like crap. As I know, got his ass on my fan football team. He, he ain't done he, a he, damn thing. <laughs> I was going to say that, too. Really? Both of y'all? Both of y'all? Well, I was going to say more about Chip Kelly with the long The dog. The dog. It's like, amazing. When he made his team, and it's, it's not doing it right. for Doug. No. When your O-line isn't very good. There you go. How your team you, then that's what's wrong with them. Yeah. That's what's wrong with them. They, those, those two new guards that they've got. I said it's, it's better than like, myself that uh, they gotta have an O-line. They're struggling. Last thing I put out there, give a little love to baseball. Houston is down 1.5 games, one and a half games behind the Rangers. So they got to get it going, man. Texas twist after going they, on here. After they so got it, just embarrassed got last swept. week in Arlington. Yeah, they, yeah, well, more than swept. They just got beat down by the Rangers. It'll so be interesting to see if yeah. they can back up. We'll keep our eyes on that. Just wanted to make sure the listeners know that uh, we do have a little baseball love out there. We're watching it. Y'all, see what's y'all going do. on. Yeah. If we get into yeah, the playoffs, do. it'll be interesting. I don't care about you, and, young yeah, man. Doc, if I get another ticket, I'm going to let you know for the last game. I appreciate it, okay. and I, I'll be prepared to show up. But with that, you can follow me, your HBCU sports guru, if you would, the data doctor, yes, sir. Some, the sports professor. You can follow me at Dr. Kenyatta Coville on the social media platforms, Twitter, Instagram, or Facebook. That's D-R-K-E-N-Y-A-T-T-A-C-A-V-I-L. Again, it's D-R-K-E-N-Y-A-T-T-A-C-A-V-I-L. You can go to THG-Agency.com. You can get the HBCU Sports Report. It'll be coming out weekly with a lot of good information. You also can find information about HBCU Art, the HBCU Athletic Research Consortium Conference that will be coming the week of first week in December, okay. along with the Ben L. Calvo HBCU Football Award, the inaugural award, a lot of excitement going on with that award. You'll be able to get your tickets on THD-Agency.com in the upcoming weeks. So keep your eyes on that. Uh, we have a weekly report with uh, the Ben L. Cavill, HBC Weekly Honors. A lot of players uh, well-deserving over the last couple of weeks. We'll release our honors tomorrow on the show from 6 to 7, KCOH Radio, 1230 a.m. If you're not able to keep catch it live, which you can do Locally, if you need, you can go to www.kcohradio.com to catch it over the internet. The KCOH app is available. You can also tune in on TuneIn app and get uh, the show, Dr. Cavill's Inside the HBCU Sports Lab. If you want to get information about the inside, Dr. Cavill's Inside the HBCU Huddle. So a lot of information for the HBCU sports fans up there to keep you updated. If you're not able to catch it live, not a problem. You can go to SoundCloud. For the podcast, it's usually up before the end of the week. 
And that's Dr. Viz inside the HBCU Sports Lab on SoundCloud to get all the latest news on HBCU Sports. We're getting into the conference race, hot and heavy. So great excitement going on there. Told you, big game of the week this week is the State Fair Classic in Dallas. Grambling State, Who you got 10. Prairie View A&M, ranked number five. I'm going to go with the higher-ranked team, Prairie View. I think Coach Willie Simmons is the real deal. They'll be able to stop Grambling just enough time for the offense to do what it needs to do to put up the points to beat the Grambling in a major upset for most people this early part of the season. Okay, remember that prediction right there. Doc said Prairie View is going to beat Grambling, correct? Yes, that's what I'm High scoring game? Yeah, I think it's probably be so. Grand, I think so too, score. yeah. High score. All right. I am KG of the Houston Round Ball Review. Looking forward to Media Day next Monday. Have videos, interviews on the Houston Round Ball Review.com website. Mm-hmm. Catch our podcasts on SoundCloud.com as well as iTunes and Pod Directory. Thank you for the questions that we received for this podcast. We try to answer those. You can post more questions. On our Facebook page, KG, the Fifth World Wildcat and Doc podcast on Facebook or uh, on Twitter. I'm at VHR Review. Here my colleagues mentioned their Twitter handles as well. Gentlemen, thank you as always for your time, knowledge, and insight. Going to wrap it up as I always do. In conclusion, be true, be cool, and do more. <laughs>